I've shared previously about some serendipitous events in my life and how the people that I needed to connect with appeared at exactly the right time and I appeared for people when they needed me most as well. And the way I met today's guest, Uma, was much the same. Back in February, I was introduced to human design by a local friend and podcasting student of mine, Amy Eisman. Amy and I reconnected a couple of years back after not seeing one another for more than a decade. Amy's daughter was one of the first in my dance school, so we've known each other for a very long time. Soon after Amy launched her podcast, she reached out to let me know she had interviewed Jackie Johnstone, who ultimately became my first human design mentor. And I met today's guest, Uma, inside of Jackie's membership. And the fact that Amy and Uma worked together long before I met Uma just goes to show that the universe has an amazing way of conspiring in our favor and bringing the right people to us at just the right time. In today's interview with Uma Girish, you're going to hear about intention, energy, alignment, and of course, human design. We also dive into our soul's purpose and how to find it. So I invite you to turn up the volume, grab a piece of paper and a pen. You're going to want to take some notes or visit us over on today's show notes at youngpratt.com slash 317. Okay, my friend, enjoy today's episode. I'll see you on the other side. Have you ever felt like there was something missing in your business? Something holding you back from the success you're seeking? If so, you are not alone. For nearly 20 years, that's exactly how I felt as a business owner. It wasn't until I discovered human design that it all became clear. And it turns out that I was the missing piece in my own business. Join me on this journey of discovering the real me and hear stories from other business owners building businesses around all of their awesomeness. I'm Young Pratt, and it's time, my friend, to amplify your awesome. If you've ever thought there was something more to life than your role as a mom or a business owner, or you've ever struggled with the confusion of what's next, you're going to want to turn up the volume on today's episode with our guest, Uma Girish. Now, Uma is a spiritual mentor for women who are ready to find their life purpose. She helps them to hone in on their dreams so that they can live the next chapter of life with passion, purpose, and joy. Welcome to the show, Uma. Oh, it's such a pleasure to talk with you, Young. It's always lovely to connect with you, and I'm so looking forward to this conversation. And I know before we hopped on this interview, we talked about a couple of things we want to dive into, and there is just so much goodness we can dive into. Now, you're listening to this episode in January 2021. It's a new year. It's a new time to make declarations, to set goals. So I'm going to first dive into this, Uma. When it comes to the new year, how do you like to celebrate and how do you set yourself up for success? Hmm. So what I like to do even before the new year is upon us is I take some time to reflect on the year gone by. So I do a review of, uh, in this case, I'll be doing a review of 2020. And then I look at 2021 and say, what am I, you know, three phrases, what do I want to call in this year? Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? What's the energy with which I'm going to meet this year? And that sort of sets the tone for everything else, because 
if we are not clear about our intention and the energy that we want to bring to our new year, anything that we do um, is not sort of aligned with that purpose. So that's a good place to begin and that sets you up for success. Um, also, it's important to think about what does success look like for you? How do you define success? How do you define ambition? These are things that are very important to consider before you even step into a new year. Because as you know, we as souls are constantly evolving. So consciousness is always expanding. So who you are going to be in 2021 is very different from who you were in 2020. And it's important to take that into account. I love it. And you said three really, really important words I want to kind of unpack. The first was intention. The second was energy. And the third was alignment. So when you talk about intention, can you explain to us how you describe intention? Because I've heard many people talk about intention differently, but I want to know how Uma describes it. Yeah, intention is sort of the direction you set for yourself on how you want to travel down the path of your life. And I say life because life includes business, relationships, money, all that good stuff. So it's sort of the rudder that sets the course for how you want to move through this year, um, what you want to prioritize, what values are going to guide you on the journey. It's more about the journey than the destination. That's why I like the word intention more than the word goal. Because to me, intention has a softer feminine energy and goals have a more masculine, you know, go after it kind of energy. So I personally prefer intentions. I rarely speak about goals. Yeah, I, I like the word intention as well. And you said, I love that you talk about life as its entirety, the whole, because I know for a lot of years personally, I tried desperately to separate my personal life from my business life. And it was so exhausting to try to have to be two different people <laughs> in two different arenas. So when I finally yeah. gave up on that, I think I was just so tired of having to, to, to live into those roles that things became much more easy, much more joyful because I could just mm -hmm. be me and not worry about, okay, how am I gonna act over here in the situation? How am I gonna act over here? So that was a really nice thing too, but I, I like that you talk about life as the whole and not separating. So as far as your intentions and being, you, this is sort of the more feminine embodiment of the goal. It's, it's bringing all those different pieces into, the picture so that it's not one-sided or one-dimensional. Now, the next word I want to dive into is energy because this is kind of a hot button topic for some people, like the word energy, talking about it in, in different ways. For some people, it brings up you know, good feelings. Some people, they don't like to talk about energy because it's a little too woo-woo and because they can't see it. They're, they're not sure what to, they don't really enjoy that conversation. So let's talk about the word energy. So we've set our intention. Now we're going to bring our energy. How do we come to our intention with the right energy? We are energy. Everything in the universe is energy. And as energy beings, we are constantly vibrating at a certain frequency. So we could be vibrating at, an, at a frequency of fear, or we could be vibrating at the frequency of love. And between those two spectrums, you have everything. You have frustration, impatience, gratitude, appreciation, um, graspiness, clinginess, all of that comes in, into that entire spectrum. So anytime you want to, as a business owner, you know, go into a maybe a discovery call or you're going into a client session or you're going to write a blog post, I would say the most important thing you can do 
is to think about where your energy is at. So if you're going into, let's take the example of the discovery. If you're going into the discovery call with this energy of, I need to make this work, I need the, for this to convert to a paying client, you're already attached to the outcome and how you show up, the energy that you bring into that discovery call is going to be needy, graspy, clingy. Um, the, the way you, you speak about your offer to your prospect is going to come off as a little more aggressive, goal-oriented, and that's the energy that's going to drive the session. If, on the other hand, you go into this session with the energy to serve, to be of service, to really give your prospect everything that they came for and to share your values, who you are in that session, then whether they sign up today or three months from now, you have showed up with the right kind of energy. And your client or your prospect will remember the energy that you exhibited during your time together. And they may not make a, a commitment right away, but the chances are they will remember how you served them. And maybe six months down the road, they'll sign up for something or buy a digital product or something like that. But the energy of fear drives away. The energy of love always draws in. Yeah, such a good distinction that the energy of love and the energy of fear, they create different experiences overall. And now as far as getting into the right energy, I know I have, I have rituals that I do or things that I always like to do before I hop on, you know, podcast interviews or discovery sessions, just to make myself, make sure that I'm in the right energy. Are there things that you do personally to help you shift into the right energy before any call? Yeah, uh, typically before a client session, I always go into a, a 10 minute meditation. It could be five to seven to 10 minutes. And I place a hand on my heart and I just say, let me be a channel. Let me um, allow your voice to speak through me. Let me allow myself to deliver healing on your behalf. So I, the intention that guides me during the session is the intention of being of service. I'm just a channel. I'm not the brilliant coach or mentor who's you know, saying all the wonderful things and giving all the wonderful insights. I'm just being a channel for the divine to come through me, to flow through me. And when I show up with that energy, the session always goes way better than I expected. The person who comes into the session always gets exactly what they came for. Sometimes even they don't know it, but <laughs> miraculously things come to the surface. And by the time we are done with the session, they go, wow, I didn't expect that when I walked in. And I say, neither did I, but I know miracles are possible because it's all about the energy and intention we bring into the session. Well, and the, the imagery of that, that we are just channels for the divine. I think yeah. that phrase is such an important piece of this puzzle that on those days when we're feeling scattered and we know we need to get things done and we know we want to be of service, to come from the mindset of being a channel just being a channel, being open to what is delivered to you, and then sharing that out openly and with love. I think that's mm -hmm. the greatest way that any of us can show up any day in our business. So thank you for planting that image, because I'm just going to be thinking about that all day as I, as I do my next <laughs> interviews and, and my client calls today, because that really just does change the dynamic yeah. with which to show up. It takes the pressure away. It just allows us to be there and to be in that space and in, in, in that energy. Oh, 
so good. Yeah. And, and while we are on that question, it also lets us get out of our own way. Otherwise, it's our ego saying, you know, what tip are you going to share? What tool are you going to teach? You know, we are trying to guide and direct the session. But if we just show up and say, I don't know where my client is at today. I mean, you know what they're dealing with and you know why they're working with you. But in that given moment in time and space, when you surrender to the divine energy, you sort of show up with the exact thing that they need without even knowing. And that's what happens because the divine knows what you don't know. So it's, it's the best thing to get out of your own way and just let that universal energy pour through you. And opening up for allowing that is so crucial because I think, I know yeah. me personally, I definitely am one that sometimes can overanalyze things and really want to have a certain outcome. And it's those times when I have, when I'm clinging really tightly to something that things just don't tend to flow my way. Whereas mm -hmm. when, I, when I can channel and, and do the other things and put myself into a different mindset, a different energy, those are the times when business and life just feels so full of ease and joy. And I know for some people, when they hear the word ease in business, they kind of get their defenses up because of course, business could never be easy, right? In society, we're taught, if you want things in life, you have to work really hard. And I know that that for both of us, Uma, as, as projectors, this idea of working hard is, is not really in alignment with us. No. <laughs> yeah, working hard and, and having to struggle is about deservingness. People feel like somehow I have to justify the reward. If it's easy yes. and I don't work hard and I don't struggle, then I don't deserve the you know five-figure month or the six-figure business or the you know five clients showing up you know without my having tried. Um, somehow there's a belief that we have to justify and we have to work hard and we have to push and strive to be deserving of the reward. But that's not how the universe thinks. The universe wants it to be easy for us. <laughs> so a good question to ask yourself uh, is how can this be easy? How can this be fun? And just do the simple thing. Don't make it hard for yourself. Yes, simple and fun, two words that most people would not associate with business, but I know as, as I've been learning how to tap into my own human design and getting in more alignment, those two words seem like the only possibility some days because otherwise it just doesn't seem worth putting in the effort if those two goals cannot be met. So that leads me to the, the idea of alignment. I wanna talk about alignment because I guess there's lots of different ways to be aligned. How do you define alignment and how do you use then their, your intention and your energy to get to alignment? So alignment for me um, is very different today than it used to be even two years ago. Today, alignment is all about uh, me being a projector. And so what is my authority, which is the body wisdom, which speaks to me, um, and how I'm meant to make decisions, how to say yes and how to say no. So that's really what guides most of my big decisions, whether it's business or relationships or opportunities or anything. So I think alignment, a good example of being in alignment is when your soul is really having fun. When things are flowing, when you feel lit up, when everything opens up, all the doors that you want open up effortlessly and you get the thing you desire, 
you know you're in alignment. Mm -hmm. You're satisfied, you're lit up, you're having fun, you're enjoying the thing you're doing. And even if it's, um, if it's let, let's say a new project that requires you to stretch a little bit or bring a new set of skills, it's still enjoyable. It's still fun for you to do as you're exploring it and you're learning and growing through that process. To me, that is alignment. You know then you're on track. You're working, you're co-creating with the universe. But when you're not in alignment, things don't go your way. You feel the frustration. You feel, for projectors, we feel bitterness um, when things don't go our way. We are pushing <laughs> and striving and you know, going against the flow. It, it, it feels like fighting the currents in the river as opposed to flowing down the river. So that's how I define alignment. And when you bring energy and intention, if energy and intention are in place, alignment is a natural result. You can't mm. go wrong. Mm, I love it. And I know for me, like just recently, I've been feeling out of alignment. When I, when I look back now, after our conversation, looking through this lens now, I can see it's because I was pushing to make things happen. And I know I should know better by, by now, right? As a projector, I just need to, to know that the right invitations are coming. They'll come at the right time. But this past week or so, I've just been feeling a little bit out of sorts. And, but I, I really do think because there's, the, there's this new goal, there's, there's these new things that have happened that I think there's some, there's some fear behind that to where I'm like, ooh, I, I got to push a little more into that fear. But then pushing is, is making me feeling, feel that bitterness. Like, I, oh, I don't want to do that. That feels like hard work and it feels like struggle. And I just don't want to do that. So literally this week has been such an interesting week. And I love that we're having this conversation. Like you said, when you open up and be a channel for the divine, you never know what's going to happen. However, what will happen is the person on the other end will get the thing that they need the most. Right. And so here I am having had a week where I've been totally out of alignment, feeling really low energy, really, really sort of at a loss for the direction I went ahead. And here you are saying, oh, you need to experience more joy and you need to experience ease. Yeah. And if those things are not present, then we need to tap into the energy and the intention. Mm -hmm. So thank you for helping me see through my, my muddy waters lately. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, it's it's so important. We forget that very quickly because sometimes we can become so attached to our timeline. We want things to happen on our timeline. We want things to go as like we want them to go. And we are unwilling to sit still. Sometimes things <laughs> take a little bit of time to open up. But when we are in alignment, you know, the, the, the most amazing synchronicities and serendipities happen. I mean, you could be sitting uh, in a coffee shop and I don't even know why I'm saying this because we're going through COVID and no one's sitting in <laughs> coffee shops. But, you know, generally speaking, you could be sitting in a coffee shop and um, maybe you're looking for a literary agent and one hasn't shown up, but you're, you're, you're in that place of faith. You're trusting and you're in alignment and you're investing energy in the feeling of excitement at what's possible when this person shows up in my life as opposed to oh I'm not seeing her yet no one's calling me maybe this will never happen which is where our mind goes right mm -hmm. we think of all the reasons why it won't happen why it can't happen why we don't deserve for it to happen but when we are sitting and, and thinking about the excitement of when this happens what's possible then maybe you know um 
somebody who's sitting at the next table strikes up a conversation with you and uh, you talk end up talking about a favorite book that you're reading and she's reading the same book and then you learn that she knows three literary agents because she's on a certain committee and these things just happen magically but so our job is only to live in that place of alignment Ugh. not question why it isn't coming to us not question why things aren't happening soon enough and why is it taking so long and, and feeling impatient and frustrated because impatience and frustration will push the thing you want further away because that's the energy of fear but if you're staying in that space of excitement and anticipation and wow imagine when i find that literary agent every door that i want is going to open up and she's going to get me the best deal and my book is going to be in all the bookstores and you know i'll be doing interviews and it'll be so much fun we we get to use our imagination to expand our energy that's why we have this gift of the imagination instead we've been talked out of using the imagination by you know well meaning parents who said don't imagine it do what's practical do what's real you know imagination gets a bad rap but imagination is a gift from the divine to help us live in that space of alignment Yes, imagination is a gift from the divine. I think all these these little one-liners, I just need to print them out and put them next to my computer. I, the Uma-isms, I think I'm going to call them the Uma-isms. And I think I'm not the only person who's told you that before, where we just need to print on t-shirts or on paper these, these little things that you said, because as you're letting the divine flow through you, these, these beautiful things are, are really coming to fruition. So I love that. And it reminds me too, you know, when I went off to college, um, I had gone to go be a doctor. That was my, that was the thing I thought I wanted, but really it wasn't what I really wanted to do. Right. I had said I was going to do that aloud. My family really gravitated towards that and having an Asian upbringing, you know, one of the things that parents do is talk about their kids and brag on their kids and, you know, what your kids want to do for college and for a career. Those are really big, important parts of their life. And so, of course, you know, my whole extended family knows these things. And then I got to college and I discovered dance, right? I took my first official dance class and I fell in love with it, but it wasn't, it wasn't practical. It wasn't realistic for me to think that I could at 18 years old go and live the life of a professional dancer. So I spent the year enjoying it and then I stopped doing it, which, which made things much, much worse. But I mean, I think unfortunately a lot of kids deal with this, right? We, we stay, they state something yeah. growing up that they're gonna be this. And I, I don't know where the idea came from that when we say something, you know, that has to be the end all be all for your whole life because lives are long and dreams are big and creativity needs to come in there and imagination needs to come in there. So the thought that at 18, I would, I would think that, okay, for the rest of my life, I'm gonna do this thing. But of course, you know, fast forward, I didn't do those things. I actually did get to dance professionally in a very different way. Now I get to live my, my life doing what I love, which is, it's, it's creative, it's all these things. So mm -hmm. you just never know. So parents who are listening, if you're out there, allow space for your kids to imagine things. Go on these dreams with, with your kids and talk about the possibility and the potential and share with them what could be for them if they want to go down that road. Will they always yeah. take that road? Probably not. But the idea that you're planting the seeds of what is possible, what they could create, I think is one of the biggest gifts we can give to our kids as parents. 
That's so true. Yeah, luckily I had parents who encouraged my writing, my love of writing and, and speaking and you know, telling stories. So I've always in my life done the thing I wanted to do. Um, so in that sense, I've always been using my gifts in one way or another. They've all morphed and changed over time, but I've been using the gifts of speaking, writing and teaching in one form or another um, from the time I started my working career, working life. So I, I just, and I applaud my parents for that because, you know, they grew up in an era where the done thing was to become, for your child to become an engineer or a doctor um, or an accountant. So luckily I wasn't forced to go down any of those paths because that was not my natural inclination. Yes. I wasn't gifted in those areas <laughs> um, and it would have been a waste of time, money and resources and a lot of you know, on everybody's part if I had been forced down those paths. Fortunately, that didn't happen. And my, my father especially was very encouraging of my desire to write, my desire to speak. And um, yeah, he made sure that I got what I wanted. I love it. Yes, I applaud your parents too, because I think in this day and age, it's almost a rarity for parents to be that supportive of our kids, especially if they are if we have inclinations that are not what is perceived to be, you know, a, a high level of profession or certain professions yes. that fit, you know, the, the, the goal of success or the ideal of success, right? So I, your parents did such a good a, a service to you in allowing you to that because it's led to you doing all these things now. I mean, you've, you've published books, you, you speak, you do all of these things so beautifully. Yes. And I wanna talk about how these gifts led you then to discover your human design and after discovering what that has done for your business and for yourself? Mm. So to cut a long story short, I believe a lot in synchronicity and yeah. serendipity. <laughs> um, and Jackie Johnstone, who you and I know, you, we've both been in her, uh, her space. Mm -hmm. She is the one who reached out to me because I started hearing this buzz about human design. I, I, the words human design kept popping up in blog posts, in um, conversations on social media. People I would talk to randomly would say, do you know your design? And I think, what the heck is human design? I have right. no clue. And then simultaneously, Jackie reached out to me and said, um, you know, would you be interested in just chatting about human design? And I know when something appears three to four times in my life, I'm meant to pay attention to it. So I said, of course, and I got on a call with her and she said to me, this is what I know about human, your human design, you are a projector. And when she went on to describe who a projector is and what that energy type is like, I finally like had this feeling, wow, she gets me, she gets who I am. How does she know this stuff about me? And I've shared this with you in the past, like one thing about my childhood is that like I didn't always have a lot of energy for the things that people want to do. Typically, you know, like I'm not the doer. I am much more relaxed when it comes to sitting in conversation um, with somebody. I'm a good listener. Those are the things that light me up. Even if, if I were invited to a party, I wouldn't be the person in the kitchen, like, you know, doing up the platters with 
short eats. I would be the one sitting on a couch, <laughs> listening intently to someone who's telling me she's having a hard time in her marriage. So that, that would be me. But I had a lot of judgment and shame around that because you know the doers in, in our culture and society are celebrated. They get more done, they have more value, they're more worthy. And people who don't do or who don't like doing, don't have the energy for doing are considered lazy and often incompetent. So I sort of appropriated those labels from, from the time I was young because I always tried to keep up, but I just didn't have the energy. And when Jackie said, as a projector, you didn't come here to be a doer. You are not an energy being, you're a non-energy being. You came here to be a wise guy. And I've always felt like one. People have always told me, you feel like such a wise guide. How do you know all this stuff? As a little girl, I knew things I wasn't supposed to know. And when finally I understood, oh my goodness, this is my soul's blueprint. Mm -hmm. This is who I chose to be when I came here in this incarnation. All the pieces fell together, it fit together. And being a projector has really changed the way I work, the way I do my business, because I bring a much deeper level of alignment to people who work with me. So I don't say yes to every prospect who shows up. I really need them to be aligned to, um, there needs to be a willingness and a readiness and alignment to do the work, to, to tell the truth about what's going on, to share openly and vulnerably. Um, I also don't work many, many hours during the week because I'm, I'm not here to push and strive. I only work about 15 to 20 hours a week. And so given that those are my working times, I need to make sure that my work is very focused. So I do the things that light me up in that time. I don't waste any time on, oh, I should be doing this and I should try that and I should do this and you know, take courses and programs and get into memberships and have all this deluge of information to consume. I don't do that anymore. I work with maybe two or three people. Um, by that, I mean, I take in information from them, but I restrict the flow of information so that I have enough spaciousness in my life. And with that being said, me showing up as a projector means the invitations have been coming. People reach out to me, people comment on, on what I share on social media, um, there's more of a receptivity and openness to my work. So I'm not having to struggle and stress. The clients come, I've, I'm doing more groups instead of one-on-one um, -on -one work. I do some one-on-one -on -one work, but um, there's a higher level of alignment with the clients who come in and group programs are way more fun for me because I get to share my wisdom with seven to 10 women instead of one mm -hmm. at a time. So that has really changed my model, my business model. It has changed the number of hours I work, um, how I show up, how I teach. Um, I'm a role model. I'm a 6'2 mental projector. So my the way I even create my social media content is as a role model. This is what I do. This is what works for me. This is how I stumbled on this thing. This is what I learned. So that's what a role model does in my view. I share my life experience. I'm not... Uh, always telling you do this the way I do it or else something bad is going to happen. I say this is what I did and this is what happened. Mm -hmm. And those who want to learn from me will and find a resonance with my message 
will take it and the others will let it go and, and that's fine yeah yeah, so beautiful. And, and there's so many parallels to when I discovered I was a projector, because I think for most of my life, like, like the majority of the planet, they are energy beings, they are the, the workers, they are the doers. And I would push, 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 push. And looking back now, yeah. I can see the the way that it impacted my personal life and my health and relationships. So now going forward and with the idea like you of working fewer hours, but really focused, really impactful time, and then letting the rest go, either not doing it or having somebody else take those tasks on that have the energy to make those things appear magically. And I think that's why for me personally, I love the idea of automation and repurposing of content because it's my mm -hmm. way of being a projector in a non-projector world where it looks like I'm showing up in a lot of places in a lot of ways, but really when it comes down to its core, it literally is just one piece of content. This interview is everything that I'm going to be sharing about and promoting for at least a full week. And then it goes into the rotation of things. So it mm. always looks like I have content. So I, I love the idea that you brought up the, how you create social media content and you're coming as the role model as your line six. I have a line six, I'm, I'm a four six. So I have a line six there as well. So it's interesting to see these things that you're sharing come to life for you and watching your pro progress and your process and how you show up and the fact that people are resonating. And in this world of, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing similar work to all of us. And that's okay, because we know right. that when you're in alignment, when you're bringing the right intention, when you're bringing the right energy, and you're out there living your blueprint, that is your human design, things really feel magical. It's almost like this, this storybook world where there's like the, this, these, you know, magic sparkles in the air, because things just mm -hmm. feel so different living into this projectorness, which I think has been fascinating. And I think in the beginning, I was, I have to say, I was probably a little bit disappointed that I was supposed to wait for all these invitations because I was <laughs> up until that point, the doer, like, wait, what do you mean? I don't just do stuff and create stuff because as a creator, that's what I do. But, but I think the creations though, really are an invitation from the divine to go do those things. Like, I don't, I know that I don't have to physically wait for a verbal invitation. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a fascinating journey to watch you go through this process and see how it's impacted you and then to live my own process to, to see how this idea of human design is unfolding in my life. And I think that it's such a fun, a fun way to get to know our clients better. And I never ever went into human design thinking that I wanted to look at charts or have it be in, you know, impacted in my business in any way. I just wanted to do it selfishly for me because I was fascinated and curious. But I know you said you've been using human design in your work. I've started using it in mine and holy smokes, it has really, really shifted the way that I can show up now for my clients when I know yeah. certain things about them. So that leads me to this idea of finding your soul purpose. I know you're very passionate about this. I want you to unpack what that means to find your soul purpose and how you use human design to help your clients find theirs. Hmm. Such a good question. So one more thing I want to say while we're on that topic is that I have a manifesting generator and a generator on my team. So if we can stay in our lane as projectors, manifestors, 
manifesting generators and generators will work for us, will work to support our vision. So we can each stay in our lane and, and work as a, you know, a, a team, a collaboration. It doesn't mean we have to be doing all the things because we didn't come here to do all the things. We came here to be the wise guides and to be invited and to be recognized and invited into spaces. Um, yeah, I've been a student of human design for two years now and uh, also became trained in doing readings. I find it fascinating to weave it into my sole purpose work because that's it. Of the five types in human design, when we know who we came here to be and when we know what the shadows and strengths are through our human design chart, how our energy operates, how we can live from the wisdom of our um, shadows and not be influenced by the conditioning we received. All of that informs how we find and live our soul purpose. So when it comes to soul purpose, um, I like to say you are your purpose. You don't have to find it. Just like you don't go looking for your liver or lungs, you just know it's inside of you. Your soul purpose is inside of you. It is who you are. That's how unique you are. Unfortunately, we grew up in a world that conditioned us to be like assembly line prototypes. You're all trying to be, you know, like the person who models success, who models ambition, who's doing well, who's earning good money. And we think if, if I have their map, I can do it too. But we are failing. And the reason we are failing is because we don't, having their map is not going to guarantee our success. We have our own map. And that's what human design shows us. What is your map? Who did you come here to be? And how can you leverage your strengths, your energy, your gifts, your abilities to discover who you are? But you don't get to live your sole purpose until you've stripped away everything that stands between you and your authenticity. You can't get to authenticity without understanding what are the thoughts I'm thinking? What are the beliefs that have been programmed into me by my family of origin? How do I view my body? What um, judgments do I have around my feelings and emotions? Am I okay feeling my emotions? Is it okay for me to express and feel anger? What do I feel guilty about? What do I dream of? What do I desire? We need to unpack all of this and tell the truth about what's going on. We need to meet our true self. We need to know who we are in order to be able to live purpose. That's how we get to authenticity. That, that's how we get to living our life purpose. Mm, so many great things that you just unpacked there. So many pieces, but I love that you said you are your purpose. Like that is it, that big stamp. You're here for a reason. You were placed on this planet at this time in this incarnation to do something special, not just to live our lives, as you said, as the assembly line workers. We're all meant to have this purpose. And I know the conditioning that we all experience growing up, good or bad, can definitely influence how we feel about our emotions, how we express ourselves, how we show up in life. And when you work with your clients, Uma, how do you help them differentiate between their conditioning versus their human design, or I guess, decondition the conditioning? Yeah, so the, the first thing we need to do in order to begin the process of deconditioning is to understand what are you thinking? So often we are spinning over here 
but we don't even know what we're thinking. Our mind is telling us something and we're just going and doing the thing without even questioning, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I believe this will not work? Why do I believe I will fail at something? You know, who, who gave me these ideas and thoughts? And now that I'm an adult, can I question everything I'm thinking? So it begins with that. Question what you've been taught, what you've taken on because you were given, you, you were programmed at an age when you didn't have the information, you didn't have the wisdom, you depended on your parents and what they told you was you accepted as the honest truth. Not that they were lying to you, but they were coming from their own conditioning and they just simply passed it on to you. So our job is to begin the process of deconditioning by understanding what is the conditioning. If you don't know what the conditioning is, there's no place to start. So you have to start by, what do I believe about this? What is true for me? Does it serve me? And how do I want to feel? Mm. So when you begin to ask questions like that, then you get a sense of, okay, I can put down this particular belief and pick up one that serves me. It's very much like going to a, a buffet in a restaurant. You don't pick up, um, you know, aubergine if you don't like it. You don't, you don't pick up uh, an eggplant dish if you don't like eggplant. You leave it there and you move to something else. You get to choose what you want to eat. You also get to choose how you want to feel. And once you know how you want to feel, then you can pick the thoughts and beliefs and support how you want to feel instead of running on autopilot and spinning endlessly without even being sure of what your direction is, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're wanting. Most women, you know, when they come to me, they don't even know what their dreams are. They've spent their whole lives supporting the, the dreams of their children, their partners, um, you know, taking care of other people's wants and needs and demands that their wants and needs and demands and uh, dreams have fallen by the wayside. So we have to begin with the process of let's find out who you are. Who are you? What makes you tick? What do you dream about? What are the longings of your heart? How do you want your life to be? So that's what this program Meet Your True Self is all about, which is uh, launching in January. So great. And I'm going to make sure that I put go way back in to today's show notes and put all these questions because you've asked some really good questions that we should be asking ourselves. And this idea of questioning things that we believe, because I know that can be hard when you start digging in and doing that work. It's not always comfortable, but to understand what is truly yours versus what your conditioning is, that's really the, the key part of this. And then to be able to know that you have choices because Again, society sometimes tells us, you know, you do this, you go to school, you get good grades, you go to college, you work really hard, you get a retirement, and then you die. That's kind mm -hmm. of just like this cookie cutter life that, you know, in the time of the industrial revolution, that was okay to live that. But now mm -hmm. that we're past that, and we have these amazing tools like the internet, and the ability to connect in real time with people across the globe, like we're doing right now, Mm -hmm. This gives our kids and even ourselves so many options of how we want to show up. How do we want to serve? What's going to be the best use of our time? You know, what is our life's purpose? If we, if we come from the place of we are our, our life's purpose and we know that going forward. And I think giving ourselves permission 
to live into that person that we know we're meant to be, that sometimes we hold ourselves back from becoming. I think this is what people are going to get with you when they when they do any programming with you because it is just that piece of the permission, like literally finding the right key, unlocking the door, yeah. stepping fully into all that is there and to have you guide them in this process. Wow, such a gift, Uma, thank you. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, you're so right because when you are your life purpose, Anything that you invest in you, you are investing in that seed and cultivating that seed of your purpose. So how can that ever be wrong? Right. And that's why I always say, you know, when you spend money on, on improving yourself, on expanding your knowledge, on expanding your energy, on learning a new skill, it, it will always, always, always multiply. It, it has a multiplier effect and it serves the world. So it doesn't only, it, it's not only an investment in yourself, it's an investment in everyone you touch. Mm. So that's why I love, I love uh, learning. I love, I love spending money on mentoring and coaching because I always believe that the more I expand, the more my people expand. So what a gift that is. Yes, absolutely. And I know I've heard this said in many different ways, but it's something to the effect of if your coach or if your mentor isn't being mentored or coached by someone else, you need to find somebody else because it's those coaches yeah. who are open to learning more, to getting better themselves. They're going to give you the most because they're actively improving themselves. And that can't right. help but translate through to everyone that you're serving. That's right. That's absolutely correct. So Uma, before we wrap up, I want to make sure people know where they can find you. Where is the best place online to connect with you? So I have a website. It's umagirish.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. I'm very active there. So um, they can find me on Instagram. My handle is at umagirish. And on Facebook, I'm umawrites. Ooh, I love that. And I'll just definitely be sure I put all those into today's show notes. You can come over to my website and just search, search Uma's name and you'll find her episode there. So Uma, one last question for you before we wrap up our interview today. When it comes to building a business for everyone who's out there listening, they're all building businesses, whether they're side hustles now or they're full-time gigs. If they're out there thinking, hmm, I want to build this business. I just don't know how to incorporate the real me into this business and, and create this awesome business. What words of advice would you give to them? So for everyone who is embarking on the grand adventure of starting a business, um, it doesn't matter whether you're just starting out, whether you're planting the seeds or whether you've been in business for a few years, you are your business. Everything that you are, everything that you stand for, everything that you believe in, everything that matters to you is what will impact your business. So you are a reflection of your business. So it's really important to get clear on your values. To me, that would be the most important thing. What matters to you? What values guide your life? And these are the values that will help guide your, your business, your clients, the way you show up in the world, the way you teach, the way you share information, it always comes back to values. So I would say get really clear on what values are important to you. And if it feels like a good idea, write a mission state statement for yourself, for your business, 
and post it somewhere on your website. And you can look at on Google for examples of, you know, the mission statements of Zappos or Apple or, you know, any big company. Um, but they always have a set of core values that guide their philosophy. So what are those core values that you hold dear that will guide your business moving forward? And that's really important to assess. Ah, so important. And the idea of really getting in touch with your values, having a mission statement, having those values written down someplace so that you know that when you take an action, when you go out there and put information out there, when you do anything, you can put on the lens of that mission statement or those values and ask yourself the question, does this support my values? And if not, Maybe it's not the right step. Maybe it needs a little bit of, of tinkering with in order to get there. But if you have those guideposts helping you along the way, oh, just imagine how aligned your business is going to be in, and in turn, how people are going to be attracted to you because you are so aligned. Oh my goodness. So, so much value in this episode. Thank you, Uma, for sharing your time with us today. I really appreciate you and appreciate all the work that you're doing out there in the world. I'm so grateful to you, Yong, for the invitation and the recognition <laughs> to share my message. Um, I love speaking about this. I love speaking about soul purpose and values and mission and legacy. So amazing. Yeah, thank you everyone. Make sure you go connect with Uma, ask questions, find out more about what she's doing in the world and connect with her because you definitely want to make sure you're, you're getting your daily dose of Uma-isms. <laughs> Although this is the final episode in our three-part mini-series all about human design, this conversation is far from over. Head over to today's show notes at youngpratt.com slash 317 and share your biggest takeaways, ahas, or ask any questions related to human design. And please feel free to share this episode with friends far and wide so that more people can benefit from Uma's wisdom. Next week, you're going to hear from my personal sales coach, Renee Rebar. Not only has she helped me overcome my fear of sales, but has also helped me build a system to create relationships that actually result in sales. So if selling is a priority, and let's face it, if you're in business, selling is absolutely essential, you definitely do not want to miss that episode. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, and I'll see you next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to the Amplify Your Awesome podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any tips, tricks, or secrets on building a business based around your awesome. Hey, and while you're there, leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think of the show. And until next time, my friends, go out there today and amplify your awesome.